1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
0: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Another day, another NBA draft rumor regarding the Oklahoma City Thunder. Just how aggressive Are the Thunder being and trying to move up from 12 to get in the range of drafting Shaden Sharp or Jaden Ivy? How real is this latest ESPN report? And is Lou Dort on the block? Plus, another NBA draft profile this time, giving you all you need to know about Akai Baji, the Kansas forward that can do a little bit of everything. Coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. We're Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Let's get it going on the On Thunder Podcast. On the On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, we have another 2022 NBA draft profile giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder prospect. Today's prospect is a Baji. Plus, OKC is being very aggressive with their pursuit of trading up from the 12th overall pick. We're a week away from the draft. What this all means, all coming at you. So on today's show, we're going to talk about trading up from 12. We're going to talk about Bashi. We're going to talk about Lou Dort's contract situation, just Lou Dort in general. But I do want to tell you, thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Let's start, though. With the latest from ESPN, they put out an Intel-based mock draft today where Jonathan Giovanni says that um, you know he still has Chet going two and still has Jabari Smith Jr. going one. He says that you know the Thunder have officially worked it out, Chet Holmgren, Publum and carroll Shaden Sharp, Jaden Ivey, uh, and, of course, you know, Chet and uh, Jabari Smith Jr. So we know that the big names have worked out with OKC. Uh, I, I updated the workout tracker yesterday on this podcast. You can go back and listen to all the names that they've worked out. Um, but we know for sure that all the big names have been worked out in OKC. There was pictures of Jabari Smith Jr. at the uh, airport. There's pictures of Paul Ben Carroll at a restaurant. Uh, I think that there was pictures of Chet, but I'm not sure on that one. And then, of course, we, we heard about the IV uh, smoke and the uh, Sharp smoke for a long time. Sharp posted on TikTok that he was in OKC. So uh, we kind of figured that that was going to happen as well. He still has Paul Ben Carroll going three, where things get interesting in this ESPN intel-based mock draft thing, is Jonathan Javoni at four said the Kings aren't Ivy's preferred destination, but does clarify that there's been other players who didn't want to go to Sacramento, like even Davion Mitchell, who the Kings still drafted. Uh, but th- does say that the owner really wants Keegan Murray at four. Another thing that Javoni mentions at four is that many teams around the NBA feel like the pick is available to swap picks with Detroit, Indiana, or Oklahoma City. Um, to get veteran help and, of course, that pick. So those players listed are Miles Turner, Jeremy Grant, and Lou Dort. Couple this info at four, then you scroll down to pick 12, and you hear that he's saying that the Thunder have been aggressive in trade-ups from 12 to land either Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp, and it makes a lot of sense. Now, let's talk about why Lou Dort's name is in here. Let's talk about what the true trade range is going to be and how we feel about trading up. Let's start with why Lou Dort, because I think that this is what's going to cause a lot of, you know, pushback from Thunder fans and outrage from Thunder fans. No one is trying to get rid of Lou Dort. I've said this spiel before, but nobody's trying to get rid of Lou Dort. Nobody, Nobody wants to give him away. But you have to give to get. If you want the fourth overall pick, which is valuable then you have to give up something that's valuable. And of the players on this roster, you don't want to give up SGA. You don't want to give up Josh Giddy. The next most valuable player would be Lou Dort. And yes, you can throw Trey Man in there as well. I think he holds value, but not the value it takes to go from 12 to four. I don't even think that Lou Dort, Holds the value to go from 12 to 4. That's a quantum leap. But of the players who can get you from 12 to 4, it's really SGA and Josh Keaton, and you're just being kind enough to throw Lou Dort in that mix because you don't want to throw Giddy or Shea on the block right now. So that's why Lou Dort's name's in here. It's actually a huge compliment to Lou Dort. And again, I'm not sure he's even worth the Kings taking 12 for 4. Because I think that with Lou Dort, of course, you're getting a, one of the best defenders in the NBA. I think it's an awkward fit with Fox and Mitchell and Dort. Um, but still, if the Kings wanted to do that, it'd still take 12, it'd take Lou Dort, take a future first, and you know, throw Mitchich in there if you want to, who really cares? Uh, you know, it, it would take those things happening, right? So that's why Lou Dort's in these conversations, because you're not going to put SGA up there. You're not going to put Josh Giddy up there. I wanted to clear the air on that because... People are freaking out and it's, it's nothing to freak out about. What's the true trade up range though. For me, it's not 12. I'd be very stunned if the Thunder traded up to 12. I mean, I, I mean so I'm mean, i sorry to me, the true trade up range is not 4 I'd be very stunned if they traded up to four. I think that that is outlandish. Um, yes. The Kings have made bad moves in the past. Every team has made a bad move in the past. That does not mean you get to just fleece them and offer them Mitchich 12 and go to go to four. You, you can't, it's very, very hard to climb up from 12 all the way to four. Um, even if you include Ludor, it'd take a lot of future first round picks. Two, three, at the minimum. So I don't really think that they're going to trade the four. But I could see them trading up, you know, seven through ten. And finding a partner in that seven through ten range. So if you believe that Shaden Sharp stock is falling, you should be there at seven, eight, nine, ten. And that's a much easier leap that probably will not have to include Ludor to go from 12 to 7, 12 to 8. You especially don't have to clue the door if you're going to go from 12 to 10. Because at that point, that kind of trade is more so back to, okay, you get your guy at 12, we get our guy at 10, and then we sweeten the deal for you for moving back, for, for your troubles. So that's where the range for me falls. Somewhere between 7 to 10. I don't think you can get to 4. Um, I, I think that you fall into... The same area you fall into, you, fall, you fell into last year. Last year, the idea was, well, they just have so many first-round picks. Of course they can go trade for over that too. In the draft, you can't do that. In the draft, you have to be able to de- deliver the other team's guy. Like last year, they tried to offer 50,000 first-round picks for Kate. I'm sure. But at six, they couldn't get the guy that they wanted. Same thing with you know, pick two, pick three, and so on and so forth. Could the Pacers give Turner and their pick to move up? Probably more realistically than the Thunder. Not because of anything that the Thunder have done wrong. It's just that the pick you're giving can't really ensure that they get Keegan Murray or they get whoever their top guys are. So that's kind of why I don't see four as a realistic option. Now, if they somehow pulled it off where they have Chet Holmgren slash Jabari Smith Jr. whoever they pick at two plus Jaden Ivey, I'd be thrilled. If they somehow pulled it off so they have one of those two guys plus Shaden Sharp, I'd be thrilled. Because any of those combinations, you get two of my top five players in this draft. And that's worth doing to me. But I still don't think it's realistic to expect them to go up to four. How do I feel about trading up in general? To me, these targets are accurate. You trade up to go get Jaden Nivey if you can do it, while keeping two. You trade up to go get Shaden Sharp. But past that, I'm still in the camp of I view all of these prospects past that top five as interchangeable, as a a razor-thin edge. And I think that players are going to fall. I think that you're going to see somebody at 12 you did not expect to see at 12, whether that's an A.J. Griffin, whether that's a Johnny Davis, whether that's a Jalen Duren, whether that's whoever, right? Someone has to be there at 12. So to me, it's not worth giving up the additional assets unless you're going to take a swing at a guy who could be a superstar. And to me, the superstar list ends at Sharp, right? It goes Jabari, Chet, Paolo grouping, plus Ivy, plus Sharp could be superstars if they hit their number one overall, if they they hit their 1% ceiling, which not a lot of guys do. A lot of guys hit their their 1% ceiling. But if they did, those guys could be superstars. Past that grouping, I don't really see them being a superstar. I see them all kind of being the same relative players to where I just sit it out and wait and sit on your assets. But I think that the targets are right. If somehow Sharp falls to you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, you trade up. If somehow Ivy's fell it he won't fall. But if somehow he did, sure. And if you can get to 4, go ahead and do it. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at in the draft news. Now, the draft scuttlebutt is going to start to come flying out after the finals is over. You know, Unless it's something just massive, you tend to keep these rumors the best you can under wraps because you want the files to be on the, on the center stage. If you're the NBA, it's, it's sort of an unwritten rule unless you just have something monumental. So I think that we're going to start to hear the crumbs more falling out as the finals um, goes away, right? Whether it ends tomorrow or whether it ends on Sunday. So expect the finals to wrap up and then the news to heat up for the NBA draft. Also, these NBA draft prospects are going to be talking with us in the media starting tomorrow uh, and all the way through tomorrow, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. so, We'll hear more from them themselves and get more info on who they've been working out with and what they've been doing during this offseason. So a lot's coming up. Make sure you follow along on Locked on Thunder, wherever you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And I just want to reiterate one thing before we get out of here for our segment on Akai The Lou Dort contract situation. Lou Dort could be traded. If the Thunder find a package they like for him, they're going to trade him. However, if he's not traded at the draft, then the Thunder are going to likely decline his option, make him a restricted free agent, and then re-sign him to a long-term deal. Do not get that contract extension talk of the last week with Lou Dort being confused for untouchable or for sure not being traded. This is based off of a Reddit post, um, which again, no harm. I know that it's hard to keep up with all this information, and I know it's hard to keep up with a show that goes five days a week, but um, it was posted on there that that Locked on Thunder said that Lou Dort's not getting traded, he's going to get an extension. No, Lou Dort can get traded. And if there's a package out there for Lou Dort that's worth it, they're going to trade him. However, if he does not get traded to draft, then this is how the contract extension should look based on what Keith Smith of Spotrac is reporting. So that's what the what, that's what the contract situation is for Lou Dort. He can be traded and, and could be, of course, dealt. As far as another contract flaw, a lot of people are saying based on these packages. Well, you've got to think too. No one's considering that Lou Dort's only making 1.9 million, and who can you go get for only 1.9 million? That is going to provide the value Ludor does on the court. Here's the flaw with that logic it's not logical at all. Because in order for Ludort to only make 1.9 million next year, he gets to be an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. So if you're Sacramento, let's say hypothetically you're Sacramento, and you just traded away the fourth overall pick, who if he's a superstar will be in the new destination, call it OKC, for nine years. You have nine years of control of Jaden Ivey. And to make Ludor play for 1.9 million, he gets to be an unrestricted free agent the next off season and can go anywhere he wants to. Is he going to pick Sacramento? No. So you just get up nine years of J Niney for future draft capital and one year of Luedwart. Doesn't make a ton of sense. So if you were to do that trade, which again I do not think that the Kings will do, but if you were to do that trade, you would assuredly again use the team option that now you're in possession of, decline it, work out the long term option, work out the long term arrangement and long term contract with him uh, as a, as an RFA this off season. So. He won't be playing for 1.9 million next year if you trade him. Uh, and he won't be playing for 1.9 million. I don't think this year for the Thunder either. I think that they're going to decline his option and work out a long term extension with him this offseason. So the contract number right now is a bit tricky. And, and again, 1.9 million is cheap and very valuable, but it's not real whenever you think about it logically and say it all out loud with that kind of ML. Because again, the. the Value to the team of 1.9 mil is the value of Lou Dort being an unrestricted free agent for himself next offseason and going anywhere he wants to go to. And every contender would line up to get Lou Dort. And he would have to pick Sacramento, right? So that's kind of the flaw in looking at it that way. But coming up, let's talk about Okagbaji and what his player profile looks like and kind of how he fits with the Thunder and where he's projected to go in the NBA draft. But first, let's say right now, pretty good friends over at Price Picks. Price Picks is incredible, right? It is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players, and you take the over-under on their projections. So you can win to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. It's easy. You can make them in 60 seconds or less, those picks. It's so fast, so quick, so safe, and offers fast withdrawals. You can use their award-winning app in both the App Store and the Google Play Store. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from point scores, rebounds, steals, and anything else, including mixed sport entry. So, tomorrow for game six of the finals, you can take the over on Stephen Curry points and the under on what Mayorfield hits. You can change sports. They have NBA, college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and everything else. So, check them out today. Price Picks has an exclusive no brainer offer for our listeners. Price Picks will give you $50 for free when you use the code NBA if a single player scores a single point in your first entry. So go right now, use the code NBA for $50 for free at your first prize pick entry right now if your player scores a single point. So again, code NBA, prize picks, $50 for free at prizepicks.com. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Folks, the ultimate mock draft is coming, and it starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus out of experts like former players and former executives all in one place, grading every single pick, and we're acting as the GMs for our teams. First pick is June 16th. So search Ultimate Mock Draft right now so you do not miss a selection. And tomorrow, June 16th, is our pick, pick number two. Who did I select? Who'd the Magic go with at pick number one? And everything else regarding our mock draft will unfold starting tomorrow. So make sure you check it out. Now let's get back into the show. This is Locked on Thunder. Let's go with Akai Baji's player profile and projection. Akagbaji is 6'4", uh, 217. He's 22 years old. To me, the one sentence overview of him is that he has no bust potential and can be a 3 and d guy. Probably the safest pick in the draft to me is Okaik Here's his strengths. He shot 41% from three, 76% at the line, 19 points per game and assists per game. He took a massive leap as a shooter this past season and became a lot more consistent. I think that the shooting is a double edged sword right because it it's it happened last year he was very good last year but you don't have that consistency you don't have that um you don't have that consistency you don't have that kind of pedigree right uh, of doing it for many years as a senior so he only did his senior season however it does show growth and last season he was asked to do more offensively he was asked to play more on ball and while i think that playing more on ball right was a good thing for him and helped him grow and helped him develop um, as a ball handler, as a passer. I don't view that as his NBA role. I just view that as it helping him in, in secondary skill sets. So for me, yes, he had great moments as an on-ball player and he was no longer playing with, you know, the guards like Devon Dotson, he was playing with before. He was no longer playing with guys who could help him ease that burden, um, you know, Frank Mason, the, the you know, Devontae Graham, they had a huge run of guards, Devon Dotson, who could really grow and help things, right? It's great that he got the, that, that experience, but really that experience just helped him tighten his handles and, and become more of a passable passer. Not necessarily helped him grow as that's his role in the NBA. I don't know that as his role at all in the NBA. What I do envision his role in the NBA being is a three and D guy who is an amazing cutter and an elite lob threat on the wing. We think of lob threats oftentimes as big men. He is an elite lob threat as a wing player, as a perimeter player. And I just had these visions. When I'm thinking about Okagbaje, when I'm watching him play, of him cutting back door, Josh Giddey driving in, pulling up for a floater, defense on their heels, and he turns that floater midair into a lob to Okagbaje, who slams it down, and we all just get super excited. And You see that, you see that play on Twitter for the next day and a half. That's kind of his role. I think he can attack the rim and finish within trees and through contact, but I would not rely on that in the NBA. That's another thing he showed in college that's very good he showed in college, but it's a break glass in case of emergency skill set in the NBA. It's not what he's going to be asked to do consistently at this level, I don't think. I think that he can be a fantastic defender. I love his defense. I think he's a very smart player. I think he has a strong work ethic. I think he understands that in the NBA, his role will have to be dependent more on being a defender, I think he can switch one through four with his long, lengthy arms, big body, uh, and his lateral quickness. He can absorb contact on both ends of the floor and be able to pressure bigger players and play bigger than he is on the defensive end. So I love his defense. And I think that, again, seeing his offensive role decline, right, where he's not being asked to have a high usage, not being asked to carry the load offensively, seeing that decline will see his defense rise. And it levels out to a very, very good player in the NBA. He had some stamina issues last year. Now we're getting into his weaknesses, some stamina issues last year, but I think that that was due to the burden of, of offense he had to carry. So I, I don't really, I'm not really concerned with that. Again, I think that that changes in the, in the NBA. Uh, I, I don't really think he can be a first or second option as a playmaker, as a ball handler. So for the Thunder, that's no problem, right? You have your first two options as a playmaker and ball handler. You have Shea, you have Giddy other teams that might be a problem. Right, but I, I don't think that he will um, be able to be a top-tier option as a guy you want with the ball in their hands. Another weakness can be again: Do you trust the three-point shot? He's only done it for one year at a high clip. And from my vantage point, right, I'm a Kansas fan. I've I, I watched his whole career unfold. There were a lot of times before last season, so it's junior year, sophomore year, freshman year, where you're watching these games, especially the big games, and he kind of just disappears into the background, and you're wondering. Where's Akagbaje? And you're wondering before a big game, are the Jayhawks going to get that Akagbaje game or is he going to just not show up? So his, consistently, his consistent impact was a big deal to me up until last year. Last year was a very good year. They went and, and won a uh, national title, of course, and everything was great. My last weakness on Akagbaje is something that I don't think that we'll ever know until his career is over with. I don't think that this is going to be defined by anything that we see on film. Maybe teams can psychoanalyze him and tell right now, but we don't have that information. My last weakness on him is for Akagbaji. Will he embrace that 3 and D role for the rest of his career from start to finish? He was just the man on a title team, the number one guy on a title team on both ends of the floor. He was just the man carrying the offense that won the Jayhawks, a national title for the legendary Bill self-coach for the legendary program. He was the guy. Will he be comfortable? Will he embrace taking a much reduced role immediately? Or is he going to have to see himself fail first in that role before he adjusts to his new NBA lifestyle? Which one will it be? Uh, I think that everything I've ever heard about Abashi is that he's a very hard worker, very intelligent basketball player very very kind of self-aware player to where I, I think that he'll have no problem doing this, but I think that that is a, a fair weakness whenever you factor everything in. So coming up, let's talk about where Akagabaji is listed at in terms of these mock drafts and big boards. Let's also dive into how he fits specifically with the Thunder. Let's give him an NBA comp, a floor, and a ceiling, and everything else. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at Bet Bet BetOnline, folks, is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals and Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, and of course, MMA, UFC action, and boxing even, having you covered there at BetOnline. And my favorite part about BetOnline is that how easy it is to just get into the sport book. You type in BetOnline at your URL, you go to their sports book, and from their sports book, you can then go to basketball, and we see Warriors Three and a half point dogs on the road tomorrow to try to clinch a championship. Let's take Warriors plus three and a half in that game and we'll see how we do. But it's that easy to go to bet online. So go there right now to bet on sports. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder Basketball. Your next listen, go check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board Show where host Raphael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies has you covered with so much great NBA Draft news every single day. And now, let's continue talking Akai Gbaje. Where is he available? The Ringer has him at 17, ESPN is about at 14, the Athletic has him at 13, police Report at 17, CBS goes 8, 10, and 14. They have three panelists, NBC goes 18, DraftNet at 10, Tankathon at 16. My big board, I have him at 13, and then Mavs draft, Richard Stamen has him at 11. So, Akai Baji's availability is anywhere from 17 to 11 on these big boards and mock drafts. His ceiling and floor to me, his ceiling is a solid starter that truly ties a five-man group together as that switchable defender who can space the floor. His floor, to me, is a spot starter who starts kind of in a matchup-based scheme and is primarily off the bench as a defensive stopper. The NBA comp I like for Akagabaji, if he can hit his ceiling, is Dorian Finney-Smith. I think that if, if in an ideal world, if you turn that card in to Adam Silver of who you want to draft, if, if you wrote down Akagabaji, you're hoping that that ticket turns into Dorian Finney-Smith. And so I think that that is kind of his NBA comp for his ceiling. What's his role for the Thunder? Uh, future role to me, you're hoping your your you know, top 12 pick could be a starter. Immediate role, I, I don't really know if he'd start out of the gates. To me, I don't think he would. I think he'd be a bench guy out of the gate. I think that you'd start SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Darius Baisley, and then the second overall pick, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr., whoever is at number two. Um, roster impact, it comes down to, again, too many mouths to feed. If you're going to invest your 12th overall pick in Okagbashi, the minutes and workload decline and decline and decline for guys like Ty Jerome and Taylor Maldon. So those guys really don't have much of a role anymore within your organization. Why the Thunder should take Okagbashi is that they buy into his three-point shot and they don't see the value in trading up. Why the Thunder shouldn't take Okagbashi though, is a much greater argument. Because to me, as much as I like Akai Baji, diehard Kansas fan, if they don't buy into the shot, that's a non-starter. If, if you think that last year was just a fluke from beyond the arc, you, you flush this idea immediately. However, my big knock on him is that I think that there's way more value and way more upside with the 12th overall pick. I think you almost, if you, if you want Akai Baji, I think you almost need to trade down to go get Akai for me personally. Anyway, th- that's kind of the way I see it. Again, I've been a big proponent of staying at 12 and a big proponent of there will be people who fall to 12 that you don't expect. And to me, the value of whoever lands at 12 will be significantly higher than the value of Akai I think that Cleveland should race to the podium and draft Akai I think you can fit right into a team like that who is a play-in type playoff team who's trying to, you know, push the buttons to um, improve their game. So uh, for me, I like him as a spot at, at Cleveland, for example, but not for OKC. So that's where my head's at with Baji. Where are you at with the draft scuttlebutt, with trading Lou Dort to, to get the four? Um, really, to me, that's the only time it'd be worth it to trade Lou Dort is if you can get the four and get um, A.J. Nivey while getting Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr., or you know either one of those two guys, that'd be awesome. right? If you can keep two and get four, that's kind of what you're looking for um, when you're trading Ludor. Other than that, I would keep Ludor around uh, for as long as you possibly can. So I like Ludor a ton. Uh, I think that ultimately I, I would still bet on the Thunder picking at two and 12. But again, the trade-up range for me is seven through 10 in terms of trading up for the Thunder. And we'll see what happens. It's going to be a wild week. It's gonna be full of draft scuttlebutt and news and notes, so make sure you stay tuned to Lockdown Thunder wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, check me out on Twitter at Styles for the latest news and notes regarding these NBA draft prospect interviews. We're gonna have a ton over the next few days. So tomorrow on Thursday will be Keegan Murray, Jabari Smith, Usman Jiang, and Ben Mathrin. Friday will be Shaden Sharp and pack Bajji. Monday will be Jay Nivey, Johnny Davis, A.J. Griffin, Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, and Chet Holmgren. And then Tuesday will be Dyson Daniels. So make sure you stay tuned to hear all about what they have to say uh, regarding their pre-draft process uh, and more coming up on Locked on Thunder. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.